we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Distortion exists because you have opinions and conclusions. To observe, the mind must be free to look, with no distortion, so that it is fresh to look and to learn. Hello and welcome to episode 183 of Urgency of Change. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast is compiled from carefully chosen extracts from the archives representing Krishnamurti's different approaches to fundamental issues and questions we all face in our lives. This week's theme is Conclusions. Upcoming themes are Sensation, Words and Language, and Humility. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK, which is also home to the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre. Situated in the beautiful countryside of the South Downs National Park, the Krishnamurti Centre offers individual and group retreats for those wishing to inquire into themselves in light of Krishnamurti's teachings. The events programme for 2023 now includes a second young adults retreat from September 1st to the 5th for those under 35. We have lowered our rates for this retreat and further concessions are available. All other events at the Krishnamurti Centre have no age limit. Please visit krishnamurticentre.org.uk for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on conclusions has three sections. This first extract is from Krishnamurti's first talk in San Francisco, 1973, titled Can the Mind that Functions on Conclusions Be Free? We've got great many images, conclusions. And so the mind is never free to observe Having accumulated these conclusions through education, through relationship, through propaganda, and a thousand different ways, can the mind, which functions with conclusions, therefore mechanical, and relationship is not mechanical, Though we have reduced relationship to a a routine, to a a mechanical process, we have to understand very deeply 
the meaning of that word knowledge and the freedom from knowledge in relationship. Knowledge is necessary. Otherwise, you and I could not possibly communicate verbally, because you know English and the speaker knows English. To do anything functionally, knowledge is necessary. How to ride a bicycle, how to on the other rest, not technologically. Function to function efficiently, objectively, rationally, knowledge is necessary. But we use function to achieve status. And when you watch, when there is the pursuit of status in function, there is division and hence conflict between function and status. which is part of our relationship with each other. When you are seeking in function status, then to you status is far more important than function. And hence in that there is conflict inwardly as well as outwardly. And to observe this, to observe how the mind works in relationship, that through function it is seeking status. And therefore, in relationship there is conflict, as well as there is conflict where there is division between you and another, between you who have knowledge about your husband or about your boyfriend, girlfriend, all the rest of it, then that knowledge acts as division. Therefore. It is only when the mind is free, or rather, is aware of the function in knowledge and the necessity of knowledge, and see the danger, the poison of knowledge in relationship. I hope this is clear. Look, if I'm married to you, I'm not, thank God. If I'm married to you and I've lived with you, I have accumulated a great deal of knowledge about you in the relationship. That knowledge has become the image of you. You have given me pleasure, sex, insulted me, nagged me, bullied me, dominated me, saying 
Women are more important than men in all that's going on in the world. How childish all this is. How utterly immature. I have built an image about you. Maybe one of one one day old or ten years old. That image divides me from you, and you have an image about me. So our relationship is between these two images. Therefore, there is no relationship at all. And realizing this, is it possible to live in a world, in this world, with knowledge, which is absolutely necessary? And the freedom from that knowledge in relationship. Because when there is freedom from that knowledge in relationship, division ceases. And therefore, <coughs> conflict in relationship comes to an end. Because as one observes, in the world, more and more, conflict is increasing. Misery, confusion, sorrow is everywhere. And the mind is in anxiety, in relationship. When the mind is only concerned with knowledge, and not with wisdom, and wisdom comes into being only when there is an understanding of knowledge and the freedom from the known. So, our question is, can the mind which functions in, with conclusions, with images, can that mind be free? Not tomorrow, not within a given period of time, but be out of this conflict altogether. And that is only possible, please listen to this, that's only possible when you have the 
when you can learn how to observe, how to observe yourself and another. It's far more important to observe yourself and not the other. Because what you are, the other is. You are the world, and the world is you. The two are not separate. The society which you have created is you. This society, the ugliness, the brutality, the extravagance, the pollution, all the things that are going on, are the result of your daily activity. So you are the society, you are the world, and the world is you. This is not a mere verbal statement, but an actual fact. And when you when to observe this, and to observe, your mind must be free to look. and to observe so that there is no distortion. And distortion exists when you have opinions, conclusions, so that the mind is always fresh to look, to learn. You know, there is a difference between learning and acquiring knowledge. Most of us, through college, university and so on, are very good at acquiring knowledge. To us that is learning, that is to accumulate facts, correlate with other facts, data. Our minds, our brains, are full of knowledge of the past. Knowledge is the past. And we are all the time adding to that knowledge. And it is necessary when you function as an engineer, as a scientist, or when you drive a car or speak a language. But learning, it seems to me, is something entirely different. Learning is a constant movement, constant movement in learning so that there is never an accumulation. For the accumulation is the me. The me that separates you, and hence conflict. Wherever there is me, there must be conflict, because it's the very core of division. And love cannot be learned. Knowledge cannot acquire 
neither wisdom nor love. And therefore it's very important to understand this whole structure of relationship, because that's the basis of our life. From that all action takes place. If action is merely the continuation of knowledge, then it becomes mechanical. And our relation and it, our relationship becomes mechanical. When it is based on routine and knowledge. Therefore, when there is freedom from the known, then relationship changes totally. The second extract is from the second talk in Santa Monica, 1974, titled Preventing Conclusions in Relationship. So what is relationship? Because it's one of the most important things in life. Because we cannot possibly live without relationship. All life is a movement in relationship. And without understanding the meaning of that word, the significance, the inward nature of that word, to bring about a fundamental transformation in society seems so utterly impossible. So it, it behoves us to understand the meaning and the responsibility that is involved in relationship. Are we ever related to another? Or there are barriers between us, between the man and the woman, between the neighbour and yourself, between another and yourself, and so on. If there are barriers which are essentially conclusions, then relationship doesn't exist. If I have a conclusion about you, which is an opinion, a judgment, an evaluation, an image about you, I obviously am not related to you. The barrier comes in between. And therefore, relationship has no responsibility except to the conclusion which I have drawn about you. Please do see this. If I have a conclusion about you, 
I am loyal to that conclusion. I am responsible to that conclusion. And I feel safe, secure in that conclusion. And I feel I am responsible being to that conclusion to you. And you have your own conclusions, opinions, judgments, images about me. And you are responsible to that image, opinion, judgment, conclusion. And yet we, are, we think we are related. So can the mind, observing this, not memorizing it, but observing it, learning about it. Can the mind see actually if it is functioning, living in conclusions with regard to relationships? That is, to put it more bluntly and definitely, you have conclusions about your wife or husband, somebody else or other. You have them. And you are responsible to those conclusions, not to the person, but to the idea of that person. And so you have actually no relationship at all. And can that conclusion, opinion, judgment, image, to which you are loyal, to which you are responsible, not to the person, but to the conclusion, can that conclusion be set aside totally? And, and to prevent further conclusions being formed. Um, are we going together? Please do share this thing with the speaker. Both of us are travelling the same road. We're trying to learn on that road the, prob- the question of relationship, what it means. Because relationship is one of the most important things in life. One cannot possibly escape from it. One can build barriers between each other. One can, as one does now, pursue each one's own idiosyncrasies, ambitions, uh, pleasures, isolating oneself in relationship. That's what we are doing. 
each one trying to fulfill his own selfish ends. Now we are asking two things. The conclusions we have made about the other and to total, to prevent further conclusions being made. I have conclusions about you. And undoubtedly you have about the speaker. Otherwise you wouldn't be sitting there. Now can you put aside totally that conclusions. Otherwise, you have no relationship with the speaker, and therefore no communication, and therefore you cannot possibly share in what is being said. So can you put aside seeing the significance, the meaning of relationship, and that where there is a barrier of conclusion, image judgment, which is really knowledge between you and the other, can you put those aside? And you can put those aside only by observing it, learning about it. Not saying, I must put it aside in order to have good relations. That is, can you observe in yourself the conclusions, the image that you have built about another, observe it without wanting to transform it, suppress it, deny it, or justify it, just to observe. And can you observe without the observer, who is the very man, who is the very who creates the image. I hope you're following all this. You know, this is not a process of analysis. To me, analysis is paralysis. You laugh very easily, don't you? But yet that's what you're doing. See, analysis is really prevents complete action, which is a form of paralysis. You can postpone action through analysis. 
Analysis implies time, the analyzer, and the analyzed. And each analysis must be complete and right, true. Otherwise, what you have analyzed, if not complete, distorts the next analysis. And the analyzer himself needs analysis, professionally as well as for yourself. And it also implies time. You can take years and years analyzing and doing nothing about it. At the end of your life, you are still analyzing. And that is what is happening now in the world. And which seems so utterly, I was going to use the word stupid, it has no meaning. Perhaps it has a meaning to those who are somewhat neurotic, and perhaps maybe, as most of us are more or less neurotic, we think analysis is necessary. But if you go into this question of analysis rather deeply and clearly, you will see for yourself and therefore learn for yourself, not from the speaker. If you learn from the speaker, then it becomes merely the cultivation of memory. But if you learn in sharing the investigation of analysis, you will see for yourself the cause becomes, cause has its effect, and the effect becomes the cause for the next action. So it's an endless chain. Whereas if you look and see that analysis does not bring understanding and therefore perception and action. And as I said, we are not analyzing, we are just observing, looking at exactly what's going on. So can the mind, with its observer, which has drawn conclusions about the other, <coughs> Can that mind observe itself why it has drawn a conclusion? Because it, in that conclusion there is safety, security, which prevents relationship. And hearing that statement, not draw a conclusion, but see the truth of it. 
and seeing the truth of it and learning about it, finishes the conclusions that one has made. And can you prevent other conclusions being made in relationship? Those are the two questions we have to ourselves. To wipe away the conclusions that one has and to prevent further conclusions from arising. The further conclusions that arise can be prevented if at the moment of the word, gesture, or uh, look, you are totally aware Look, I don't know if I'm conveying all this. You flatter me. And I like it. And the liking is a conclusion about you. And I remain with that conclusion. You're my friend. And you insult me. That's a, I draw from that insult a conclusion. And you are my, not my friend. Now can I, can the mind observe attentively when you flatter and when you insult? In that attention, there is no recording. The function of the brain is to record, and from that record, act. This is obvious. Now, can they, when, they, when there is insult and flattery, not to record it at all. Which means, at the moment of flattering insult, to be completely aware, give total attention. The final extract in this episode is from Krishnamurti's second talk at Brockwood Park in 1973, titled, Why Do We Draw Conclusions? Can the mind observe, see, and not draw a conclusion? And why does the mind draw a conclusion, an abstraction from what is. Is it an evasion of action? Because if you saw and acted, that action may lead you to all kinds of troubles. 
Therefore, an abstraction is a safe thing to do, because you can postpone action. Therefore, you live a very, very superficial life. You can never penetrate in depth, because you have always this conclusion. So, in conclusions, in formulas, in symbols, in the known, there is safety. And the mind says, I'm, the brain says, I must be completely safe, otherwise I can't function. You, you're following all this? If it is not safe, secure, it cannot function effectively. Therefore it seeks security in a belief, in a conclusion, in an abstraction, in a symbol, and in neurotic behaviour. Because if I act neurotically, there is safety in that. In a conclusion that I am a Hindu, in that there is safety. So the mind sees absolutely what is, can't help it. It's all in front of you, the war, the stupid religious organizations. All that is very clear. And yet the mind accepts that, lives in that, because it feels completely secure. And when it discards the old, it joins the new. <laughs> the new guru, the new racket, and the new circus that's going on. So can the minds see and act? That's the real problem. So. Will knowledge prevent the seeing and therefore acting instantly? You are following? Because life is action in relationship. And what place has knowledge in action, in relationship? You, because we can't live alone. It's not possible. You may think in the abstraction that you live alone. You cannot live alone. You live in relationship with another. And in that relationship with, between human beings there is constant battle between man, woman, husband, wife, boy, the whole field. 
and what place has knowledge in relationship. Because if knowledge cannot transform, bring about harmony in relationship, then why do we cling to knowledge? I don't. So, in re- relationship, we are asking what place has knowledge? Knowledge being the symbol, the image, the conclusion. I know you. The image which I have built about you, which is knowledge, which is based on thought, a conclusion, and that image I have built about you, and you have built about me. Don't you know this? Don't you do this all the time? Let's be honest, for goodness sake. Hmm? And that knowledge, that image, that symbol, the words, which is the known, the knowledge, isn't that a barrier between you and me? Come on, sir. So. Can there be a relationship in which the past never enters? You, you. Isn't that love? Oh, come on, sir. Are you working as hard as the speaker <laughs> to convey something which is so simple? Because we are so conditioned by idea, by conclusions, by abstractions, by symbols, by images, which are all the known. Built by thought. Can there be a relationship in which the image is not? Is not. Have you ever tried it? Hmm? No. Now listen. You know what your relationship with another is? Very clearly. You see it. The quarrels, the indignities, 
the flatteries, the sexual pleasures, the comfort, you know, the relationship between you and another. You see it, don't you? Hmm? Why do you draw a conclusion from it? Is it because you are trained, educated to live in strife, because you know nothing else, and therefore you accept this misery, and therefore the fear of a relationship in which the known, the image doesn't exist? That's one of the causes of fear, isn't it? That is, we said idea means to see. the root meaning of that word is to see. I see what my relationship is. I don't draw a conclusion, an abstraction. I see exactly what it is. The pleasure, the comfort, the escape from loneliness, the attraction, companionship, friendship, sense of security. And the seeing of it doesn't destroy, doesn't eliminate all that. Why? You're following all this? Because the seeing produces the fear of living a life in, wh- in whose, a life of relationship in which there is never the image. So I have to grapple with fear. You understand all this? I have fear of loneliness, fear of not having somebody to lean on, fear of standing alone, Being self-sufficient, which doesn't mean being selfishly isolated. I have fear of things I have not known. I only know this, this relationship in which there is constant battle, quarrels, misery, agony, jealousy. You know this better than I do. I don't have to keep on describing it. Or why do we put up with it? Is it because we are educated to it? Because there is comfort in it, security? 
and there isn't security in it. What security is there in battle, in conflict, in misery? And yet we, that is the field of the known. So we're asking, what place has knowledge in relationship, in the transformation of that relationship? Right? None at all, has it? No, don't say no. <laughs> Which means your relationship in other has undergone tremendous revolution. And that revolution is love. I don't know if you understand this. Not all this rush talked about love. So the mind, thought can only function within the field of the known. And thought, not knowing any other kind of relationship except the relationship of conflict, misery, agony, suspense, suspicion, jealousy, or is afraid to move out of that field. And being afraid, it must seek more pleasure You're to counterbalance you. It must have much more pleasure. And the pursuit of pleasure, the principle of pleasure, is the action which is brought about by, an, by a conclusion. So, see what the mind has done, or thought has done. The seeing, which is obvious, which is clear, I can see very clearly the results of war, what war does. I see very clearly, mind sees very clearly, what relationship actually is now. Mind sees very clearly where there is division, there must be conflict, not only inwardly but outwardly. And not being able to deal with what it sees, draws a conclusion, and from that conclusion it acts. And we have built our whole moral, religious, social structure of this. Hmm? Oh, come on, sirs. Now can the mind See clearly in relationship what how 
destructive knowledges in relationship. See. And the seeing is the acting. Not I see, draw a conclusion, and from that conclusion say, I don't know what to do. Whereas if you saw clearly, see clearly what your relationship, that not drawing a conclusion is action. Therefore, action is complete and immediate. So not being able to act so drastically and immediately, the mind escapes from it escapes through pleasure, and because it cannot act completely, there is fear. You follow? See what mind has, thought has done. And then we say, how am I, who am caught in a network of fears, how am I to get out of it? I'm afraid of my wife, my neighbour, my job, my future, whether there is what's going to happen, you follow? Again, thought is responsible for fear. I don't know if you follow on this. Now listen. You see very clearly thought is responsible for fear. Do you? Do you see it absolutely clear in the sense? You're caught in a network of fears, aren't you? Old age, death, pain, loneliness, boredom, uh, laziness, <laughs> anxiety, uh, everything. Innumerable fears. Do you say then, how am I to get rid of it? Or do you see actually the fear? You, the fear which is brought about by thought, fear of what has been and what might happen again. So do you see the network of fear <coughs> as you see clearly a poisonous snake or a precipice? If you see it clearly, it's finished. I wonder if you see this. Then you walk out of this marquee without a single shadow of fear. But as long as you see your fear, then draw a conclusion and say, how am I to get rid of it? Tell me the way to do it.
I know I am frightened of this, of that, and the other. Then you are living in abstractions. And from that abstraction there is no end to fear. But the mind is not only avoiding fear, but pursuing pleasure. Right? Have you noticed how the mind is always looking, pursuing, searching pleasure? Why? What is pleasure? Is it the desire that says, I must have fulfilment? You're following all this? Oh, for God! And then you say, How am I to stop my desires? You follow? <laughs> you have quantities of desires. And, and that, that when that desire is not fulfilled, there is fear and the pursuit of pleasure. Right? Look at it yourself, it's very clear. So can the mind be aware of that desire, not cut it off, be aware of it, see what its, its whole nature and structure of desire is, and in the very seeing, the action the acting. You see a beautiful thing, man, woman, car, whatever it is. The seeing, the sensation, the contact, the desire. Right? Move along, so let's move. And that desire needs fulfilment, sexually or in any direction. When that desire <coughs> tries to fulfil itself in, in pleasure, and when there is no fulfilment, there is fear. Right? There is frustration, anger, jealousy, all the rest of it begins. Now can the mind be aware, be, see totally the movement of desire, see it, and therefore the perception is the action. Hmm? It's 
so one begins to observe, see, aware the movement of thought. See, aware, observe that knowledge is supremely necessary to function efficiently. And in relationship, and our life is, from the beginning to the end, a matter of relationship. And in that relationship, when there is the image, the knowledge, then all our agonies begin. Now, to see all this, not Oh, I have heard you say that, now how am I to carry out? That's too silly. But to see it, see this fact, and the very seeing of it is the action. So, do you see it? Or is it still, do you still live in abstractions, platonic or other kinds of ideas and conclusions? The perfect master, the perfect guru. Your guru is better than my guru. You follow all that business. And is love desire? Is love pleasure? Is love an action in the field of the known? So what place has knowledge? Or what is the relationship of knowledge with love? <laughs> Has knowledge, can knowledge transform human mind? Obviously not. What transforms human mind is the seeing and the action. Not the seeing and the conclusion, the abstraction.